Welcome to the Kaibass Nation. Kayak Bass Nation is presented by Dugout Bait and Tackle. Go to dugoutfishing.com to find everything you need for your next kayak bass fishing tournament. Hope you enjoy the show. Jeff Malat, Lunch Money Lambert, Also sponsored by Revo Sunglasses. Go to Revo.com, use code KBN25 to save 25% off your next order. Revo, best lenses on earth. Also sponsored by Western Sun Vodka. Go to westernsundistillery.com and use the bottle finder to find a bottle near you. All right, what's up everybody? Happy Monday night. Welcome to KBN Live. Coming off the weekend, what a fun weekend it was watching the TOC go down. Of course, you guys know our guest already. We've got Brian Nelly, the champ, the grand champion in here. It's going to be a fun one. And I just want to welcome back my partner, Ryan. I felt hey. lost about you last week, Ryan. I'm back, buddy. I'm back. Look like y'all held it down pretty good. Yeah, I brought in all the TDs. You know, the TDs are used to carrying everybody's nonsense on their back. So they carried <laughs> me through the show, three TDs. I like uh, it. It was, it was a good one. It was kind of part two of our rules discussion that you and I had with the, the angler panel. Uh, it went pretty good. There's a lot of good. I can't. I there. can't wait to see some of these rules in real life. Yeah, yeah, it's gonna be good. Uh, but of course, we're gonna. It's all about the champ tonight. We're gonna talk about the TOC champ, and another one is in the books. I can't believe that the season's over and the TOC's in the books, man. Crazy. We have four. We have four TOC champs now. Once again, I'll be uh, bookended on the show by a couple of TOC champs, and you welcome yeah. a new guy into the club tonight, Ryan. Yep. How about that? And, and I, like I can't it. wait to hear his story. It's kind of unique. Coming from the salt it's very side unique. Of it's very unique. Yeah, the way he got here is pretty. I, I the way he got here, I don't think if you said this guy's third year bass fishing, he's going to win the biggest tournament in kayak fishing. <laughs> yeah, the more I hear remarkable. stories like that, the more I think I should just stick to podcasting. I don't know. Yeah, well, I mean, <laughs> no comment. You got it. it. Is what you it is. It. Yeah. You got it, Jeff. Yeah, you've got a gift. But good stuff. We're, we're going to talk to Brian here shortly. Of course, we like to always recap some things that went down. I, something that I, did, I hate to say it flew under the radar because people talked about it, but Friday, the BOS released their schedule. It was kind of overshadowed by the tournament itself, as it should have been, but the schedule came out. What did you think about that? Um, I liked it. That's I, 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 made, uh, I'm, I made the graphic <laughs> just messing around, and I didn't realize everybody was going to use it. So Yeah. I should have done a little better job. My apologies. So that's all right. It was something. It was something to share, and and share people did. So Hobie, that, send me good. a check. That's right. Send him a check. Uh, I, I was real impressed with it, man. I think those first four events, especially, are going to be bangers, and there's some some other good ones on there too. It's. I'm glad he put Kentucky Lake on there. That way, everybody has a good break in the middle of the season. Uh, they can take a take a tournament off and just relax at home. Yeah, I saw they're giving giving the Northeast another chance up to New York, which is apparently Cayuga and those lakes up there are great lakes. It's just hopefully eventually we can get some. I mean, everybody had a good time at Champlain. It sounded like you know from from for the most part, sounded like a real good fishery. So Cayuga, I, I think uh, was it KBF or Bass or somebody had a tournament up there this past year, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. One of the two, but I think it I think it performed very well. Yeah, and maybe the most shocking thing I hate to say shocking because he was in the running, but. After looking at how the tournament was going and how it finished up, the AOI for Hobie 
seeing Cody walk away with that. What do you think about that? That was that was a shocking. Finish. I mean, I'm never surprised to see Cody Milton win an AOI. I am surprised to have watched the leaderboard all day, thinking that it was like some sort of showdown between the Minor Brothers, you know, going back and forth who was going to finish where, and then everybody forgot about, you know, Cody's Cody's consistency because we we did our research because that's exactly what we do for hours every day and pulled up cody's finishes uh his his aoi points he didn't win any events this year but he was always second or third it seemed like in a lot of them so consistency is key hats off cody milton that's right that's right um you know, and I think he did that a, a different year when he won a different AOI, maybe for KBF, where he didn't really win an event or many events at all, but stayed in that top five and top three all year long. That's what it takes. I think he's the only angler to win all two or three, two AOIs in a year, two KBF and, and BOS. I don't even think he – did he fish any bass events this year at all? Yeah, I don't I think don't he think chased so. the AOI for bass, so no, no chance. I, I don't know. Him. I don't know if he fished fished any of them, to be honest with you. Yeah. Uh Todd Patrick's in the comments asking when will bass release their schedule? Next year, Todd. Yeah. Sometime before the first tournament. We know that yeah. for sure. So yep. uh, a lot of things to work out over there. I know with changing leadership and who knows what's going on, they'll they'll get that ironed out sooner rather than later, I hope. We'll see. Yep. We ready to get to planning. Yeah. Uh, I don't want to take too long because I know our, our guest has got to be tired. Three days of fishing, pre-fishing, and then driving all the way back to, you know, Key West almost down there, West Palm Beach. So he's got a, he, he had a long drive ahead. He made it home, so we're going to get him in here and chat with him in a minute. But before we do that, we always like to talk about our sponsors. So, of course, this show is presented by Dugout Bait and Tackle. I'm going to throw this graphic on the screen. Big sale going on in there, Ryan. Let's oh, yeah. About that. Anything Yakima that you need, 20% off. Call, text, tweet, whatever you need to do. Get in touch with us. We'll hook you up. We got all kinds of stuff. We got trailers. We got rod boxes. We got accessories. Let us know what we can do for you. Yeah, and it says right there on the screen, you can even use the dugoutfishing.com website. Use Yakima 20. Get yep. 20% off on the website. So there you go. Easy peasy. I've been eyeballing one of those yacht rod boxes. Even though do I have a, a different brand trailer, I think I can stick one of the boxes on there. Oh, right, yeah. Yeah. Double-sided tape or something. Bolted on there, tape, yeah, bungees, whatever. It'll work. Yeah. Um, of course, then if, what uh, Revo, Revo sunglasses, best lenses on earth. Proud to proud to be repping the Revo brand here. Uh, make sure you use KBN twenty five over there on Revo.com to save some money. And then Western Sun Vodka, always holding it down. Got a bottle of watermelon right there in my screen. Mm, Need mm, to crack mm. it open. But uh, I hadn't yeah. tried the watermelon yet. I don't think it's good stuff. Yeah, it's good stuff. I've already been through a couple. But, and that's mm. that's my last one right there. I, I replaced the shelf. Wow, it's authentic. It's not like water with food coloring. It's a real bottle of you there. Okay, it's not just a prop, right? I like it. Uh, but yeah, with that said, uh, there's not much else to cover. We got a, a big audience growing on YouTube and Facebook. We appreciate you guys. There's actually a poll. If you're watching on YouTube, go hit that poll, and I'll go check the results of that. Asking about this tournament in particular, is this the most dominant three-day performance you've ever seen in a kayak tournament? I, I can't put that on Facebook, but I put it on YouTube. So if you're on YouTube well, watching, hit the poll. How many three day, how many three day tournaments have we seen? Not there's been a couple of national championships with three days. TOC oh, last yeah, year, three yeah. days. There haven't been a lot. About those. But, you know, there's been a few. There's been a few. Yeah, so. I got you. Um, or just tournament tournament performance in general. I mean, a blowout like that is unbelievable in a championship of any oh, yeah. day length. 
So yep. there we go. I uh, mean, I'm gonna take... He didn't go wire to wire, but he did all right. I'll, yeah, I'll yeah, yeah. I mean, just staying up there in the, the high 90s the whole time and just blowing away the field. Crazy. But we're going to talk to him about that. Uh, we'll take a quick break, and we will have him in here. Yeah. All right, you guys know normally we have the top three standing on the stage, but this one angler today, all weekend, separated themselves from everybody, so the stage is all theirs. $45,000 in the title of Grand Champion, qualifying for the Hobie Fishing Worlds, qualifying for next year's Tournament of Champions in one of the most epic and dominating performances we've ever seen on our biggest stage. Had 96 and three quarter on day one, 96 and a quarter on day two, 101 and a half today. Your grand champion, Brian Nelly. Brian's total was 294 and a half and had just under a 20 inch lead on the second place finisher. Boom. There it is. I had to replay it so Brian could relive it one time before we brought him in. That's a lot. <laughs> How's that feel rewatching that, Brian? Have you have you watched that again since you've been there? No, actually I didn't even see it. That wasn't <laughs> <it>. <laughs> Perfect. There you go, man. He's a humble champion. Right. Yeah. Yeah, you gotta watch himself. Yeah, uh, but yeah, Brian, congrats, man. Thank you for taking the time. I know you're, you've been on the road. We, we appreciate you taking the time, and congrats on the huge win, man. Yeah, thank you. No problem. So tell us, and we kind of alluded to this, tell us how you got into bass fishing, because I, we met like five or six years ago when I was down in South Florida for work. I wanted, I wanted to go catch a sailfish, and I think we got – a cold front and like 30 mile an hour winds offshore. So we ended up canal fishing. Uh, you are not a freshwater guy by trade. So kind of give us a little bit of history on, on how you ended up in the BOS series. Uh, I, I'm just a competitive person by nature. So I, you know, fished the inshore saltwater series when the IFA was around, I did those and I had some success and I won one of those. I do a lot of offshore tournaments and I've had a lot of success doing the offshore stuff. Um, so I wanted another challenge, to be honest. Um, I had done some early of those early KBF like local events around Felsmere uh, a few years ago when they had them there. And that's really the only kind of tournament bass fishing I'd done. But uh, I, I felt that I needed to see and maybe prove to myself I could be competitive in a different type of fishery. So that's really what I wanted to do. You did that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we, I, I listened to awards. Jeff skipped the awards but tried to recap some. So tell us about kind of when you when you started. You said you kind of had, you know, tiered goals for each year. Uh, talk about that and kind of how you, you move through kind of the mental process of acclimating yourself to freshwater fishing. I mean, like the the first year, I didn't. First thing going into it, I thought it was going to be easy. Oh, this is I can catch bass. It's not going to be a problem. And I I honestly think I fished two or three events that first year, and I didn't even catch a bass. I didn't even log a fish for those tournaments. So it was very humbling, and I was like, this is going to be a lot harder than I thought it was going to be. And I was giving you guys mad props for being able to be, be able to be consistent, especially going to different fisheries at different parts of the country. Um, so after that year, I, you know, I said, uh, 
you know, I'm going to put more time into doing the research on these lakes before I go to it. And um, I just, the last year I just said, I just want to cash a check. So again, I think I was able to do three last year and I finally cashed a check at Pickwick at the end of the year. And then uh, after that, I was more determined than ever. So I said for the next year, this year, that I just want to make the TOC. So I, I did well at Santee. I think I got 14th. And um, Ufala did mediocre. And then um, Susquehanna, I got 12th. So I kind of slid in there within, like, I don't know, 40-something spots to qualify for the TOC. So just being there was – I was happy to do that. And, again, I mean, I was excited because it was kind of like Santee – fishery i like fish in shallow water grass type lakes so i was excited for where it was at for one um you know obviously i didn't expect the outcome <laughs> but it's uh it's very exciting to uh to have that happen um yeah i, I still i what happened during the three days is just ridiculous to me it's like i can't i really can't fathom still what happened it was just the best three days of fishing you could have so I did, like Ryan said, I rewatched the awards. I was not home when they when they broadcast them, but I heard you say something up there that you weren't exactly having the best practice up until you no. found your juice. So kind of go through what you found in practice up until you found the the uh, magical stretch that you found there. Yeah, the first I got there Monday afternoon. I got on the water for like three hours. I I had a few um, a few blow ups on a frog, um, but I really didn't get to fish much. I was just kind of looking around. I decided I'd you know I'd didn't really like that area though i kind of went a little further away from there um on the first full day of practice um then i i had a motor and my motor broke that day so that wasn't very enjoyable because that was the day i was going to go pretty far <laughs> but i still went i just had to pedal the whole way um and i didn't really find anything but um you know i was kind of bumming out i actually ran in the scotch and uh we kind of talked for a little bit and he actually paddled past me and a bunch of bass started blowing up and uh I caught an 18 inch of there and that just gave me a little burst of uh, a little more spirit in my, you know, a little more wind in my sails just to catch one. But, um, end of that day, didn't really catch anything else and kind of decided, uh, you know, I'm not going to be, I don't want to be in these areas. So I went uh, completely somewhere else. Um, found some fish, shallow tree type stuff. And I was, you know, they're good fish, 18 inches again, blown up on a frog, a buzz frog. Um, and then I went again, probably another 45 minute pedal away from that area, just checking different stuff and um, came up on um, a section of where there was some bass blown up on shad. Um, I, kinda, I didn't even try to catch them. I just sat there and watched for a little bit and then moved on and, you know, was checking some other stuff near that area and then kind of ended that day. And then on the third day of practice, I again launched somewhere close to that shad spot. And it was just kind of checking stuff around there, um, throwing a worm around and kind of going a little slower with the presentation and caught some good fish doing that again, close to that area. And then I went over there again and they were blowing up on shad again. So I was fairly confident two days in a row they're doing it. It's not just some rogue school that's, you know, just there for one day and might not be there the next. So I was hoping that they would still be there. And to me, it looked like an area that they should be there. So I was fairly confident that it would continue, at least for the next day. Um, so that's pretty much it. I decided after that, I'm like, well, I'm going to go there first thing. And in my head at first, I thought there's got to be somebody else that saw this. Like, because if I see it both days, like somebody else had to see it as well. I lost my light here. Hold on. Um, 
so I'm thinking there's going to be, you know, I'm going to be racing, you know, 10 guys to the spot. But uh, it turned out I really only had to race one. I heard from a couple other guys that they had seen it too in practice. But uh, obviously I beat them there. So they just kind of bowed out. And that's about it. And then it was pretty much that main spot. I did, you know, move around a little bit from that area to catch some other ones and upgrade. But it was one big main spot. That's wild. Did Steve Fields make you do a shotgun launch at all? <laughs> it, it was like that on day two. <laughs> you know, um, another question that I have about your story here. Did Matthew Scotch have pants on when you saw him? Yes, he did. Thank okay. Okay. Later on in the weekend, all right. did that change? <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to get that picture. Scotch still doesn't have his phone back. I text yeah. him and... <laughs> and ask if he was selling nudes but he has not to receive that message yet so uh once i can acquire that image we'll we'll get it out there wow uh, earlier in the comments somebody said there were a lot of folks winning practice uh and i we all saw that there was giant fish oh, yeah. coming in in the in the pre-fishing we'll time 10 pounder yeah so you know we've talked about that before especially when jordan's been on here about how to practice correctly and not just beat fish to death when you're practicing what was it? Did you have any temptation to to check those fish, cast on those fish, or busting on those shad, or did you just kind of have that instinct to say, you know what, it looks good, feels good. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna hurt them in practice. I honestly only threw a couple times with a fluke with no hook on it, and they chased it down. So and that was it, and I just left it alone. And actually, on that last day of practice, Steve was right there, and and I told him like, I can catch you a good one right now, but I really don't want to mess with them. <laughs> He thanked you for being media boat friendly. I don't know if you saw that or not. Yeah. It's good karma. Yeah. I was trying to, on tournament, I was trying to set him up so they could get a good shot of the bass blowing up on my bait. So I didn't, you know, he was, he was staying far back. I was trying to get him closer. <laughs> Steve's usually good luck. Like when he pulls up normally something, something good will happen uh, on my experience, but I know other people have different opinions on that <laughs> when there's a camera around. Mark Cisneros is the opposite. He has it's bad luck when he pulls up. No, I'm just kidding. We love you, big worm. We love you, big worm. Explain this, Brian, if you can. Why were those fish holding there? Did you figure it out? Was there a depth change? A certain kind of cover? What what was going on there that they were holding there for those that many days? Yeah, I don't I don't want to get held on it because I think it's pretty obvious if you looked at it. So like. It was a grass edge near deep water. I mean, and they're they pushing the bait up to the grass, and, you know, ambushing them. Okay. Um, and there's definitely, and, you know, you, you talk about Nolan. I don't know if we talked about that on the live thing. Um, Nolan was close to me um, for the most part, and we were fishing right by each other. And I was, again, he was very cur courteous to me, you know, because I beat him there. And I told him, like, you can, you can come in close. I don't care. But he insisted on staying back, especially on day one. Um, but then, of course, when I had a, a 90 inch limb and I'm like, dude, you can come in here. I don't care. <laughs> so but there's there's definitely a, a, a spot that I'd say is pretty small, especially early in the morning that you had to get in like a 10 foot by 10 foot area or you weren't going to get bit. And then I'd say after the first two hours, then they kind of spread out from that. Um, but, yeah, the bigger ones, especially day two and three, the bigger ones are all caught in that one little spot. And not, I'm still not exactly sure what was right there because I never wanted to go right on top of it to see what it was. But Very cool. Let me throw the uh, actual standings on the screen here. So like Ryan said, you weren't wire to wire. Brady Stores had a huge limit day one. 
Uh, he had that big, ended up winning big bass with that 23 and three quarter, whatever it yep. was, uh, giant fish. Um, but, but you were right there. I mean, 96 and three quarters. So take us through your day one, man. How, how did day one go from, from start to finish? Well, you know, it's going to be pretty good when your first cast is a double on a top water. So I had a first cast was a 17 and a 16 on, on one cast. So <laughs> it was, uh, I was pretty that. And then three casts later, I got another double. So I think day one, day one, I had a limit in 15 minutes. Jeez. Did you have a GoPro running? No, I didn't. Ah, oh, <laughs> Brian, come on. Yeah. Oof. But, uh, but I, and they were, I mean, it wasn't a huge limit. It was probably low eighties. And then, um, I upgraded a little bit in that one main spot. And then I actually, uh, you know, I told Nolan and he can come in there and I kind of, I moved around to some of the other areas. I caught fish and I caught a, I was probably moved like a hundred yards first cast caught a that 21 and a quarter and um on a worm and then uh i went to one of my other spots that's a little further away um again in grass on a worm caught another i think upgraded maybe another half 18 something i'm not sure what which one it was and then uh, i went back to nolan kind of talked to him i'm like you, you know um seeing how he was doing and you know we obviously agree we didn't want to beat that spot up too much but we also didn't want anybody else coming in there so we're kind of just hanging out by it for a little while um and i was kind of satisfied with what i had i think i had 96 or whatever it was at that time and then um i saw brady 98 i'm like oh like all right maybe i should still fish a little more (laughs) but i also didn't want to beat up other fish get that spot kind of fizzle out so i didn't want to go to you know some of the other areas i had caught decent fish so I kind of just ran around fishing trees, which I didn't have much luck fishing trees, even in practice. So, but I was just seeing if I could get a, a bigger bite somewhere else. Didn't happen, and I, I actually I think I quit at like two o'clock on day one. You know, Ryan, I'm not a I'm not a, the smartest man, but I'm doing a little math here with Brian and Nolan's limits, and then they've got coals on there, and the fish Brian is talking about that he doubled probably aren't even in these coals. Uh, yeah, so you guys between the two of you in one little stretch. We're throwing up, what, 250 inches at least, maybe more? Yeah, I mean, I mean, I don't even know how many fish I lost on top water. I, I lost, day two, I lost 20s. I, I would have had over 100 on day two, but I lost a couple right <laughs> at the boat, so. But I wasn't upset. You know, I, I was happy with what I got, obviously. That's crazy. <laughs> wow, amazing. We'll throw that graphic back up in a minute. Um, that's cool. That That's cool that he, Nolan and you work together. Yeah, I you know because I mean? one of you could have been a jerk about it and really wore that spot out all afternoon long and said whatever, dude. If he leaves, and it's mine. Yeah, so again, he he was cool and came up right away. He looked at my rods and saw what I had on. He's like, "Yeah, we're probably fishing the same thing that we saw in practice." So we just you know said we'll spread out here day one, and then again, like he he was super cool and wanted to stay far back, and I I kept telling him like, "Dude, you can get in close and throw right next to me. I don't care." Um. But again, day two and three, and then day three, we were like literally twenty feet from each other. Power pulled down and just whacking them. So, <laughs> did he? I bet he had his GoPro running. Maybe we can check it he, on his channel. That's true. Right that is true. He got some. Uh, he got filming me on day three because we were close. Um, I think he filmed me land that twenty-one or something. Um, but yeah, again, he he just uh, honestly, we were pretty much in that same spot. I, I did say that that one ten by ten area was. Kind anything but there was still plenty of fish around but it definitely at one spot kind of held some of the bigger ones especially early in the morning and i kind of had dominated that spot and that's why i think i got some bigger ones but i also went no one was staked out 
like just a little like 50 yards from me he then pulled up moved i got away from that main spot went over there kind of close to where he was i made one cast and i caught a 20 so it's like i really i i couldn't do no wrong it's like it was ridiculous every spot i went to like where I had caught fish in practice i threw and i got an 18. on day two i was catching 18s everywhere i went and i said i gotta stop because if again the spot fizzles out i don't want to wreck all these other fish that you now i've been catching on these other spots so it was just ridiculous Ryan, how many times we said it on here? When it's your time, it's your time. Right, right. You can do no wrong when it's your day. Sometimes it comes down to the wire, though. Like my my TOC didn't come down to the wire. It was pretty, pretty much, uh, you know, run, running wide open. But like Watts Bar, I had to grind for it to like the last <laughs> ten or fifteen minutes. It did not feel like my day uh, at all. But I cannot imagine. I mean. When you were up by like, I don't. At one point during the morning, you were up by like thirty inches or something. Like immediately, like where do you find the drive to keep <laughs> to keep catching twenties at that point? When are you like, okay, like I'm gonna go get a biscuit or something? Well, about nine fifteen on day three. Yeah, I mean, once I hit ninety eight inches, I'm like, well, this is this is a lock in my mind. <laughs> So yeah. and ours too. <laughs> yeah. Glad to hear you say that. You didn't politic because you just said, "Yeah, it's locked up." So I moved to where I could get service to up, and I uploaded. I told Nolan here, get in there to, on the, the hot spot, and uh, I came back and I kind of I staked out and sat there and just watched him fish for a little bit. I think AJ made a comment that he saw some beef sticks in my in the bottom of my boat, and I I literally was just sitting there with my feet up, taking a snack and just watching Nolan fish for a while at like eight thirty. <laughs> so it wow. uh. And then I again, it's like they're on the day three. They actually they're blowing up on shad all day long. So why, why am I going to go sit in the truck? I was just having fun. I just kept casting, and then I upgraded to get a hundred. I got two twenties to upgrade to a hundred, over a hundred. So, wow. oh my gosh, <laughs> not a bad day. That seems to kind of all that the way it went down for you, staying on the top water bite and busting shad seems to go against the the bass book. Of yeah, cold fronts coming through, right? <laughs> you know, weather changing. Uh, why do you think it held like that? Because, I mean, it, tell people what the conditions, how they changed from, let's say, Wednesday to Friday. How did they change? Yeah. I, I, Wednesday was, like, in the morning, 50 degrees. And then the next day, I think at least it was 10 degrees colder each day. So I think it started 50 degrees, then it was 40 degrees, then 30 degrees. Um, And, again, I'd, I'd, you know, it – I didn't. I thought it was going to hold up. I was fairly confident. Just with the cold, I didn't think it was going to matter because it was near the deeper water. Um, and it's. And Nolan had told me too that he had seen the same thing days before I had seen it. So I just think it was just an area that they're going to be feeding. You know, they're. It just. I didn't. I really didn't have much worry that it was going to shut down. I thought it would be fine, and it was. So. Paid off. What was the wind doing? I, I saw, you know, some videos from some guys. It looked like Saturday the wind really kicked over. Maybe it was like the second half of the day Friday, late in the day Friday is when the when that initial front edge moved in. I saw some guys were posting videos of quite a bit of wind out there. Yeah, actually, day one, I think probably like an hour and a half in, there was like a, a front that came and picked the wind up real bad, but then it calmed down a little bit after that. That didn't uh, yeah. affect your spot at all? No, 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 no. And it, again, it was just like a, a line of wind. You know, it looked like storms coming in, but it, it rained a little bit, but it wasn't terrible. Um, but yeah, day two was real windy. It was kind of a pain. And I 
I had to, you know, I couldn't power pull down where I was at. I was trying to throw into the wind, so kind of a mess, but it got. And they were still just tearing that top water up. Yeah, yeah. So day two was tough with the wind, but and then the wind switched total different direction on Sunday, and then uh, it was a little easier to make casts. <laughs> we got some questions, uh, Randy Dotson. If you're if you're willing to reveal this, how deep was the uh, deep water on the grass edge? Uh, I mean, it's like th- three foot on the flat and then maybe five foot, you know, only a couple of feet difference. Yeah. That's relative down there. I mean, it's just a yeah. big flat swamp, right? There's not a lot, a whole lot of deep, what you call deep water. No, no. And then Matt Zabala asked if any boats, no boats cattle onto the juice. Were there any bass tournaments or any boats that were sniping there, in on your spot? There was a boat there in practice, but, and I was worried about that as well. Um, cause they caught a couple there and they were acting like they were trying to hide it. So I thought they maybe had a tournament coming up or something. So, um, I was a little concerned that we, obviously we started a little later, I believe because of duck season. So we didn't launch in the dark. It was light out when we launched. Um, so I was concerned that maybe there would be a boat there, but no, we didn't have any issue the whole time. Yeah. I think, I think those guys down there are probably more concerned with duck hunting than they are fishing anyway. <laughs> right. Duck hunting, shooting gators. That's what they're doing down there. Corey, uh, Corey, buddy, you have clicked on the wrong show. This is the TOC champion show. So if you're looking for a Bassmaster conversation, you're in the wrong place, bud. Yeah. We'll have that soon, hopefully. Soon. Relatively soon. We're waiting. We're waiting for that. Um, yeah, we're talking to the grand champion tonight. Uh, Ryan touched on it earlier, man, talking about your saltwater background and what you do down, down there in Florida. How much of that, I mean, fishing is fishing. How much of that crossed over for, as far as your instincts and different things, fishing inshore, coming over to bass fishing? Or did you have to completely relearn tactics for, for targeting these these bass in different places? No, I, I think bass fishing, especially inshore salt fishing, kind of it can relate a lot of things. And that's why I like fishing shallow grass-type lakes because it's similar to fishing the flats, you know, in salt water. Um, you know, and looking at things and how, you know, points and channels and grass flats and how things line up like that and where bait gets pushed into and how the wind plays and the current going by things kind of are similar. So, um, that part of it's, it can, it's fairly similar, but again, like when the thing that challenged me my first year was going to these, these river systems and I was just clueless, you know, what to do with it. So fishing these, uh, these shallow lakes like Santee and Caddo and places like that, it's, it makes a lot more sense to me, so I feel a lot more comfortable. And you got both those on the schedule for next year. So I know, yeah. Got to make you happy. Yeah, the, the, the first four look look great, and plus I, I don't have to drive 12 hours to get to one, so it's going to be nice. Yeah. <laughs> have you fished the – is it the Harris Shane? That's what's on there? Yeah. I did the Bassmaster one this year. Yeah, there, yeah. I, I have I, not fished that yet. I want to go down and check that one out for sure. Yeah, it'd be that one to be cool, especially depending on how many lakes they let you fish. So there's a lot of area to, to choose from. So, Brian, that's a 12-hour drive for me, maybe a little further. Is it worth it? Is it worth driving to the Harris Chain? Uh, what what time of year is that? February? February. Yeah, it'll be a cold front. Let's go ahead and put that out there in reality. <laughs> first tournament of the year, man. It's always like it'll be 37 degrees and 18 mile an hour winds. I'll put money on it today. Yep. <laughs> so, Jeff, no, but pre fishing that week before pre fishing will be on fire. Oh, yeah. You'll have the time of your life out there. 
gas may be $8 a gallon by then. So I may save it for Cato in a few weeks after that. We'll see. I want to see, and I know this is a stretch. I want to see one of these big trails. I know they'd have to work with, with fish and wildlife or whoever it is that runs the grade, but I would love to see a kayak tournament on Fellsmere, a big kayak tournament on Fellsmere, Marchish. I think that would be uh, a damn good time. <laughs> It'd be a good TOC spot. You could hold 50 pretty easy, right? Yeah, you could. That'd be fall. I mean, they eat in the fall, obviously, but uh, that I think if you could get those big bed and fish, Christine, they, she went down there and caught, what was it, two 10-pounders or something <laughs> around that time a couple years ago. That would be uh, that'd be a fun Whoa. Yep. Ryan just like straight up disappeared out of nowhere. But I agree with him. It would be fun. Yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll wait on him to rejoin. We got some crazy comments coming in. Uh, I don't know if I'll put them all up on the screen or not. Kings of Sanity on YouTube, you're wild. He said he fishes naked and puts the pole between his butt cheeks. I don't know if I'm going to put that on the screen or not. Uh, you're I insane. Give up. King of Sanity. There you are, Ryan. You're back. I give up. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I don't yeah. know what happened. <laughs> just, just like disappeared. No static. Anyway, I was going to Felsmere. That's I was halfway out yeah. the door. I'll see you. Got guys excited there. and ran out the door. Uh, Tyler O'Brien, you didn't join too late for this, and I heard this in the in the weigh-in replay. Did he miss the bait talk? Brian mentioned a different pitch rattle during the awards. Is he willing to share? Yeah, I, the um again with Nolan being right next to me, he was throwing top water. I was throwing top water, and I was getting you know you know, 10 times the amount of bites um, on day three, I actually gave him one of those. And immediately, I think two casts later, he caught an 18 on it. So um, he was using a little bigger profile. I had a smaller profile bait with a high pitch rattle. Um, and his was like a little different sounding rattle. I, I don't know if that was a huge thing, but obviously it was a difference there. Um, but um, I've, I've found that, like again with my saltwater experience, I like using usually like a one knocker for top water top water walking baits in saltwater, but I've found the higher pitch rattle for bass fishing has worked better for me. But it definitely worked this time for sure. Okay. I like that. Uh, any kind of modifications or is it just out of the package bait that you got? Oh, out of the package. Just a high pitch rattle. All right. There you go. Uh do you change was... the do you change the hooks on yours? I didn't, no. I like it. You say it was a smaller profile or no? Then, yeah, uh, he okay. did. Yeah. Yeah. I got you. And, you know, once again, hats off. I, I saw Todd Miner in the comments. Hats off to Nolan because I don't want to say kid because he's not a kid. He's a young man. Uh, I think the young man carries himself like a pro already. So uh, I don't know if you experienced that, Brian, but it sounds like he did. So hats off to Nolan for uh, yeah. hanging in there with you for those days. They thought yeah. him or his brother was going to pull off that AOI. Dude, hats off to Nolan and Edwin. You know, we, we were talking, you know, this weekend and they were compared to the Lee brothers of, of kayak fishing, except they both can fish better than Matt Lee. But, um, I mean, they are just, you know, super talented, both of them. And uh, they made a giant splash on the, on the kayak scene, obviously, you know, Edwin winning two or three last year. Nolan and Edwin both winning tournaments this year, making it to the TSC, you know, cashing good checks there. Uh, it's it's been it's been fun to watch. And for some reason in my tiny little brain, I completely forgot about Cody <laughs> being in the running for that. I already had a comment typed out <laughs> congratulating Edwin on the awards, and they were like, second place, Ewing Minor. And I'm like, oh <laughs> a race. Sorry about that. Yeah. 
Good job, Todd. He's raising them right. Uh, I'm looking over here at your day three. I know we kind of already talked about all three days together. But you had four 20s and a 19 and a quarter. At any point, did you lose or have a chance to have five 20s? Oh, yeah. Bag? Yeah. I did. Really? Oh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Over 20. Just casually, yeah. Easy. Threw it, threw a twenty six back. Uh, didn't put it on the board. I, 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 you wouldn't believe how many fish missed my bait or you know popped off. So just and normally in a tournament you'd be cursing yourself and be mad about it, but I wasn't worried about it because I knew the next cast you'd probably get bit again. Because I, I had a twenty inch lead, I wasn't that upset. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's probably comforting. Yeah, I can, see, I can see Brian out there just like losing a twenty incher late in the day on day three, and just like, huh, how about just that? laughing. How about Got a that? slim Jim hanging out of his lips like a camel. I was talking about, <laughs> like no one. Like, oh, that was a big one. I'm like let's let's throw it again. Another one. Gosh, that's wow. rough. What a day, yeah. man. What what a day. Um, more questions for this for the champ. Throw them in the comments, please. Uh, Todd Patrick said he had comments written for AOI for Ewing as well. So, yeah, never put the cart before the horse. Anyone. Never know what's going to happen. That crazy math. I know. AJ and his trick calculator. You got to watch him. I think he. I think he's got something out. He's got something against Edwin. You heard it here first. Hobie hates family. <laughs> <laughs> that was uh, a joke. That was an old running joke. Nobody take that too seriously. Hobie does, yeah. in fact, not hate families. So, there. Yeah. So, what's what's next on your on your hit list, Brian? <laughs> What you do know, you do now? Are you going to quit bass fishing now that you've conquered all of us? I, I need a new challenge. <laughs> kite uh, fishing? Do you do that? What's that? Kite fishing? You do any yeah. of that down there? I, I have, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Already. <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, again, this year was just a goal to make the TOC. So now I don't have to challenge myself to make the TOC. I'm qualified for that next year. But um. I guess it's just to win a normal series of normal event. I like to win one. Um, that was going to be the goal next year is just to get a top three. So I, you know, surpassed that this year. So I don't know. I got, there's some good places on the schedule I'm looking forward to. So we'll, we'll see. Well, as you see, you don't have to win anything to win the AOI. So maybe chase the AOI. You can just go top five all year next year. Win that <laughs> yeah, AOI. That's a solid it, point. Consi yeah. Consistency big to me i you know I'd, I'd take pride in that so you know it, that'd be amazing to be in the running for aoi come the end of the year but that's a that'd be a big challenge yeah it's tough it's tough uh got comments and questions coming in from youtube dirk white makes a great comparison ryan he said they're more like the johnston brothers on the elite series wreck them wherever they go that'd be but maybe that is a better comparison because they're both I've, up there doing damage I've all the time never watched the elite series so i don't know i'm just kidding they are canadian <laughs> and they do oh that's them. why that's why i don't know them. i don't i don't get that channel down here no nate, offense nate nate conley's, in the, nate conley's watching no offense to you and your i know i saw the i saw the king in the north up there he said fresh water over salt water now brian the north remembers yeah. <laughs> uh let's see somebody asked what line were you using on them for your top water Braid? Oh, I, wanna... I, throw, I throw braid on everything. Braid on everything. Yeah. And rod, heavy action, medium action, fast, extra fast, what'd you have? Medium, you know. I'd, I'll just throw spinners for top water and with my worm spinner, spinning reels. Really? I, I, to be honest, I recently, just this year, 
bought bait casters. So <laughs> that's that's the saltwater in it. Yeah, him and Brandon Barton right. out there with a full lineup of bass tackle, all on spinning gear. <laughs> yep. So. What do you throw your chatterbait? <laughs> yeah, uh, the I old just, pin. I got my pin seven thousand here. I tell you I what, just, though, you could throw a damn topwater a hundred miles with a spinning rod. Oh yeah. <laughs> I was throwing a chatterbait on a spinning rod, but I, I got a bait caster for it now. <laughs> oh my gosh, this is awesome. Uh, Ryan Van Tyne, he is in a Hobie. He has great sense. That's don't worry about what kind of guy. Actually, I think you may be the first person that put me in a Hobie, Brian. Really? As a matter of fact, I, th- I think that's the first time I was ever in a Hobie. I'm pretty sure. Yep. Cool. Look at uh, you go. Justin Ridenour on YouTube, Brian and Brian. How many weeks? Did you pre-fish? I don't know if that was being like sarcastic or what. Were you there a long time or did you just take like the week or? No, I came out Monday night. Three days. Three days. Okay. Never been there before. I'm assuming that that was a, he wasn't being sarcastic because there is instances of that. Some of these championships have had people camp out, but there was a specific off limits for this one. Correct. Isn't that right? Was it a week? 30 days? What was it? Saturday before you could start pre-fishing yeah but i think it was three weeks off limits before that right. or 45 oh, right. days or there was like a 45 day info cut off and then a few weeks of no pre-fishing i'm pretty sure right i don't know what, don't know what this means man time did you search for lady named kelly to court and ask to be your wife or did it just happen <laughs> the people want to know his homework he's Who's he's got that? you on linkedin Who's your wife's name kelly <laughs> yeah so kelly nelly kelly nelly Yes, that is her name, and she loves it. That's, a, that's an amazing deal. Was that on purpose? <laughs> on purpose? No, I did not search a Kelly out. She looked you up, didn't she? Yeah, that was. This that was, was MySpace. This was MySpace, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Busted. Nah. <laughs> and he, Van Tyne, he's got the questions tonight. He said, "Do you use electronics or just dip a meat thermometer in the water like uh, Drew, Drew Gregory does?" God. <laughs> No, I, I run electronics. Yeah, that's a real thing, by the way. I don't know yeah. if you saw that show, Brian, but Drew, I, when, he, when he doesn't have electronics, just has a meat thermometer that he sticks down in the water to yeah. check it. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm trying to get back to some of these questions. Todd says if Matt wouldn't have lost his phone, he thinks Ewing would have won AOI. Is that true? I don't know. You'll have to ask AJ Special Calculator. For those of you that don't know, Matt Scotch – who has done this numerous times before is a scary part lost his phone. Was it day three that he lost his phone? Yeah. Yeah. Lost his phone day three, apparently like went scuba diving for it for an hour in this cold front strips his clothes off, puts his PFD back on and goes back to fishing and actually used another angler's phone to log into his tourney eggs and submit a couple fish on day on day three um but yeah that's the story of of scotch's third or fourth or fifth lost phone so if anybody runs a tether company and you want to sponsor matt scotch feel free to reach out now when you saying he put his pfd back on you're talking pfd and nothing else or just like pfd and i, I heard like well, i mean conflicting stories but i heard that he had like a long longer shirt on <laughs> He's wearing a dress. <laughs> and, and a but I, I mean, that was, I, I learned about this in uh, Rolando's uh, write up. Um, I'm dying to uh, 
to see photographic evidence of of what happened here so if anybody can chime in with the with the whole story so to speak i can uh, tell you this of all the rules we've talked about scotch fishing naked has to be included <laughs> as not allowed at uh, any point any point going forward so let's add that to the, the i mean it happens when you're out on the water i got my waders wet on gunnersville one time and i was going to scout for ducks so i just took my waders off because you're a lot colder if you keep the wet on you so i just <laughs> took my waders off and was out you know riding around in my boxer scouting for ducks and got some strange looks then i can't imagine one of the louisiana swamp people pulling up on naked scotch instead <laughs> <laughs> We don't look too kindly on boys like you down here. What imagine. a time to be alive. Oof. Hey, I was looking at some of the prior questions about electronics and it got me thinking because you were fishing next to Nolan and yeah. and you yourself said you had electronics. Did either one of you, I know Nolan runs LiveScope. Was that a deal? Could you see the fish coming in out of that grass or was it too shallow, too messy to even use that? Too shallow, yeah. No, yeah, he had he had said something about running it, but he says too shallow. I don't have live scope. Okay, I know those those minor brothers are aficionados oh, no. on the scope. They'll yeah. scope them out quick. Steve Fields threw a fun fact in. Did you know one of Brian's second spots? All he found was eighteen inch fish. I'm sorry about that, Brian. Yeah. Bless your heart. It's only ninety it's inches ter- worth of fish. That's terrible. terrible. <laughs> yeah, on day two I was trying to upgrade. Like I said at in different areas and i just i kept getting 18s and that's when i said i'd better stop so i don't ruin these other fish just in case i need them because an 18 didn't help me at that time you didn't need them you were good yeah Um, i'm trying to look at what you could have rolled in with on day three and still been fine and it's i guess you could have rolled in with about 80 inches and still been fine just fine uh, that's wild. You should have uh, saved all your big fish just to see like how close you could cut it. If you didn't have to worry about sandbaggers all the time. Oh, I, I just wanted to put a stamp on it right away. Yeah. <laughs> I don't blame you. I think when you crush people's spirits, it really says yeah. something about yeah. you winning the tournament. Like don't yeah. even let them feel like they can get close. <laughs> hey, and you know what? I, I wouldn't be doing justice if I didn't give a shout out to my guy, Justin Brewer from Arkansas, who finished in the top 10. He finished ninth. He was my sleeper pick from our club up here and he ended up in the top 10 i know marshall made a run into the top 10 justin patrick who we've had on the show before top three how about justin patrick old memphis tennessee boy and and then number two brady i've known him since he was a a kid just a youngin over here in in nebraska fishing events and on the old midwest series uh so it's cool to see him do well he went all in this year i heard uh you know i heard him saying you know he just he's been chasing tournaments living in the car just getting after it this year yeah, he's Brandon Polinick in his early years. That's him. Brian, have you considered just not not guiding or salt watering and just living in your car and trying to do this all year? No. Well, <laughs> no. <laughs> sure haven't. I think I think uh, Miss Kelly may have. Something Kelly Nelly says, "Hell no, brother." I enjoy guiding, um, but I did say this year that I was gonna, again I was going to put more time into my fishing. So and I did that. So and it it proved to be worthwhile financially as well as mentally <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm assuming the 45k's quite a few guide trips yeah yeah it helps. <laughs> it's like four <laughs> at least like four <laughs> yeah four man, days man, half man days. charges a lot for a clown knife fish i'll tell you that half days or full days four what are you talking about <laughs> it was a half i had to work dog no. <laughs> yeah uh, 
before we get to the end of the show, we're going on about 50 minutes. We don't like to go more than an hour, especially as tired as you are. Tell us a little bit about what you have going down there. I see your hat, uh, yeah. you know, what you, your, your business and your guide business down there in South Florida. Yeah. Uh, it's pushing water kayak charters. Um, been doing that for 13 years now. Um, we do a lot of offshore trips. So we're catching sailfish, mahi, tuna, big game stuff. Um, we're blessed in this area that the deeper water is fairly close to shore. So we actually launched from the beach and it's about a mile out to where we can get into those kind of fish. Um, and then we also do, you know, inshore saltwater trips for snook, tarpon, jacks, trout, redfish. And then like Ryan said, uh, we also have the exotics, the clown knife fish and peacock bass. You know, there's some largemouth bass in those waterways as well, but you know, people come down for, the exotic type fish we can't get anywhere else. We have, you know, we have some snakehead fisheries as well mixed in there. So pretty much page. anything you could want. You got your page pulled up here. It's cool stuff. You guys if you're ever in the area, definitely hit up Brian, go out with him. I like the, I mean, the snakehead fishing is pretty fun. Like they're not, and these aren't like the Northern snakeheads, but they, <laughs> they are just as mean and just as aggressive. Uh, a lot of fun. A lot of times, you know, you you can get them frog fishing, topwater type deal, super exciting. And then, of course, peacock bass are, are great for a, a pretty pick. If you get somebody that's tiny like Monster Mike, you can make them look real big. But for regular adults, uh, you know, long arm it. What's your, what's your favorite fish to target in the salt? Um, you know, I just don't like doing the same thing every week week in and week out. So, I mean, I, I like doing, I like changing it up. So if I do one week offshore stuff, it's fun. And then I like to go do the, the peacock bass and then maybe into the next week or, you know, every other day do something different. I don't like doing the same thing every day. So, but I do enjoy, I mean, we get in the springtime, we get a good tuna run. So I like fishing for tuna and the mahi are obviously uh, fun and good to eat. You know, we, I've caught personally, I've caught so many sailfish that they don't, I know it shocks most people to say it, but they don't really get me excited anymore. <laughs> but um, I like going out for the meat fish, the kind of stuff that we don't get all the time. Sailfish is a regular thing. You know, kingfish and sailfish are two most common things we catch offshore. But also, I mean, I got I love fishing light tackle stuff. I love fishing flats with, you know, light, light rods and light line. Um, so everything. There you I, go. Yeah. Because you see that serious question? It looks like you did. You commented, Ryan. Yeah, go ahead and throw that up. Uh, I don't know if Brian's figured it out yet. He's won some. He's won some big saltwater tournaments, though, so I'm sure you've uh, been familiar with the government's share of your winnings. Yeah. <laughs> Spend <laughs> as much money as you can before the end of the year. <laughs> well, how, how's that going to work? The second part of that question was: You're in Florida. There's no state income tax. What is there? Is win, win, winnings taxable in Florida? Yeah, it's all federal. I mean, I, all my everything's under the business, so I let my tax guy handle that. <laughs> there you go. There you go. I like that. I ended up having to pay uh, a decent amount uh, a couple years ago because of that, because I'd already you know bought all new boats and whatnot for the year. So like the end of the year, I was like, uh, I don't know what I'm <laughs> blow this money on now. Got me. Got me on that one. I don't know what this means, but Monty Murdoch said triple tail on crab buoys. Is that something yeah, cool down in the saltwater? Yeah, we do that in the spring, like February, March, April. Yeah. All right. There you go, Monty. Um, Coon King Bob, have you ever hooked and caught a marlin? No marlins. Again, sailfish, very common. I don't think anybody in a kayak has hooked into a marlin um, on the 
you know, in Florida coast, to my knowledge. Uh, Levi from here in Arkansas, he asked, does Brian do much snook fishing? Yep. Yep. That's, uh, snook is our pretty much our main inshore species that we go after. Uh, Bob Baylor also asked if our kayaks tax deductible. Absolutely. If you have your yeah. deal set up right there, they are. Yep. Yeah. Taxes, fishing gear, travel expenses, tournament entries, lodging, keep up with all that stuff. Especially now. There's 87,000 new people looking at all that. Buddy, I'm waiting on a knock on. Dude, God, I got a freaking letter from the IRS two weeks ago and just started sweating bullets. And I was like, oh, shit, I don't have. I hope nobody listens to this and audits anything. I'm like, I don't have half my freaking receipts for this shit. So, <laughs> so I open it and it's like. The eight dollars from last year was applied to your <laughs> refund for this year. I was like, oh, oh man, you could have just sent a text or something. You had to send a letter for that. Gosh. Hey, we got uh, Billy Bowden in the comments. I think he's calling it right. I think I think Brian's growing weary. He says Brian's ready. Brian's to go to been bed. trying to go to bed, Billy. He did. <laughs> I'm glad yeah. you. I'm glad you came on, Brian. I thought we got to mail you a power pole or some kind of kayak catfish ransom to come on here tonight. All good. All good. Yeah, man. Well, we're not going to keep you much longer, man. I, we appreciate you taking the time after that long drive home, and I'm sure you're going to have a hundred more podcast requests for the next week or so. Uh, being the grand champion, so yeah, superstar, yeah. superstar, baby. You're going to do the circuit, but congrats again. Is there anybody you want to shout out for before you slide out of here tonight? Um, yeah, just a, you know, a couple of main people from this tournament, at least like DOA Lures helped me out, Crowder Rods, Frog Togs, and Frog Togs helped me big time with the cold. Um, so that was a big advantage. Yeah, it actually wasn't that bad besides my hands freezing and I had my little hot hands to help with that. <laughs> but Hobie Fishing, obviously, they helped me out. My local dealer, South River Outfitters, always helped me give me the things I need for the tournament trail. And that's about it. Appreciate it, guys. You bet, man. Congrats. It was an awesome win. Obviously, uh, just I mean, dominant. That's that's the best <laughs> descriptive term for that. Uh, I mean, this, your story's awesome, man. Coming over into freshwater and just taking taking the crown <laughs> that quick into it. That's that's a pretty pretty amazing feat. Appreciate it. Yep. All right, buddy. Get some sleep. Yep. Thank you. <laughs> there we go, Ryan. What a show. I think. What? A, what that's a, awesome, man. I mean, can, how crazy is that? Come in like, ah, hell, I think I can fish with them bass boys. Three years later, dominates the top 50 in the sport. I mean, yep. that's that's nuts. Yeah, and, and you can tell my man's level-headed. He's, he's uh, very tactical about what he's doing there, about how, about, about how he goes about things. So, you know, if he gets more serious next year, I bet he'll still keep doing damage all the way across the uh, actual series. Well, I mean, still. if you – I know a lot, of, a lot of bass anglers don't know Brian, but if you – google him and check his pedigree he's won a lot of shit saltwater fishing like he is he is no stranger to tournaments or winning so yeah. i don't think it's going to get any easier for people trying to get in front of him no nah. winning is winning if you got that edge and you got that mentality it, it translates so that's good stuff good stuff man um next week who are we gonna bring on next week we'll work it out before before then we keep trying well, to get that bass leader on here, but I know. it's not we quite are, We're out. always waiting on some kind of bass approval for something. Uh, we need to get Cody Milton on yeah. um, here in the next couple of weeks. Uh, got a couple uh, couple bigger pro guests that we're going to have on throughout the uh, the winter season while they're off. We're going to pick a pick a couple brains and see what they think about the goings on on the uh, 
MLF bass transition type stuff. And then, you know, kind of their thoughts on the growth of kayak fishing, how that plays into the market. Oh, something else I wanted to touch on, Jeff. Uh, we talked to there. We, I guess it was a post of somebody that applied to a pro staff and didn't yeah. get onto a pro staff. <laughs> so screenshotted the email <laughs> and posted it. Um, it's probably not a good idea. First of all, number one, but number two, like these companies, when you apply to promote them or to work for them, however you want to look at it, uh, they want to see that you believe in their product and that you've been using it and want to promote it for a reason. Like you, you know, if I go buy a pair of Nikes yesterday and I've worn Adidas my whole life, <laughs> you, you can't really speak to why that product's great and what you like about it. So don't be shocked if you don't have something that you're offering these companies for them to buy in on. They're going to check your social media stuff. They're going to check references that they don't just throw stuff out the door. That's not how you stay in business. So kind of keep that, keep that in mind. If you don't have a giant personal brand like that, that's the exception to all that. You know, if you're a a giant, like a Brandon Polinick on the elite series or, you know, professional sports, you can talk, you know, LeBron James or somebody like that. If you don't have a giant profile where they're just going to say, Hey, please switch to our product and we'll pay you. But for what we're talking about and in our sport, that's that, it, that ain't the deal. You, you've got to show brand loyalty already. And that's the difference. Uh, that's a great point that you made your brand. Either you already have a brand established. So you have a following or they are the established brand and you're going in trying to offer them something. So yeah. you got to, be aware of which side of the seesaw you're on there. It's all one big value proposition. You got to show right. some value to them. So, That's right. There you go. Look at that. KBN education tonight. KBN cares. <laughs> Monty thinks he's out there throwing a topwater shrimp, boy. Yeah, he might have been. Yeah. Who knows, man? Who knows? A lot of comments saying great show. We appreciate that. YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, wherever you're watching. We appreciate y'all. We do. We'll, we'll wrap this thing up. Come back next week. We say, Ryan. I'll be back next week. Let's do that. All right. Later, y'all.